Carmen and Yurko on ESPN 1000 inside the old National Bank, st- Bank studio. I'm Jeff Meller in for Carmen DeFelco. Yurko, this is uh, your last day of the year, right? Yeah. My last day uh, working for the year. Uh, I'll be back here Saturday, obviously, for the postgame. Sure. sure, sure, sure. I'll be doing that, and I'll be available for you next Sunday doing the postgame also for the Chicago Bears. So, but, yeah, I do have two assignments. But, yeah, basically. In, ter- in terms of the Carmen and Yurko Carmen programming. And Yurko, yeah, Yurko, Carmen and Yurko show, I am resigned after today. Yeah. All right, all right. <laughs> so uh, you will be enjoying a little bit of uh, days off during the week, at least next week as well. The Bears are set to take on the Bills on Saturday. How are you planning on spending uh, Christmas Eve with this full slate of NFL? Well, Christmas Eve, I plan on watching the games, mm-hmm. obviously, but I'll be here at the station watching the Bears of game. Course, like, my I'll bad. be doing the post game. And then after that, I, I'll probably go out and catch whatever's happening. I, at- I, I, got, uh, I was thinking because obviously most people have Christmas Eve plans. Yeah. And so it Christmas is- Eve night, I've got a Vegas Pittsburgh matchup that I'm excited about. Okay. So, so you'll be watching that one. I'm curious if people are, are trying to figure out how exactly they're going to manage the NFL slate if they usually consume it on Sunday. Also having to deal with the, you know, potentially right. family uh, visiting with them and uh, celebrating Christmas Eve and trying to also get around and, you know, with some weather issues as well. The Cubs earlier today, Yerk, introduced Dansby Swanson, their brand new shortstop signing a seven-year, $177 million deal. thought it was interesting when he explained initially why he felt like being a Cub might be a little more important to him than to others. I've pretty much mentioned to everyone, like, being a Cub means more to me than people would realize. Um, It's no secret that I left my hometown team uh, to be here, and I've kept telling everyone that it's more personal to me. So Mallory and I got married December 10th. The next morning, we found out that my grandfather um, was not doing so well, um, that he was in hospice. And so we pretty much left our wedding venue the next morning, basically had to rush over to the senior living facility where he was at. And uh, we were, gosh dang it. So he ended up uh, passing away on the day after we got married. And the one thing that just always stood out was he lived across the yard from my parents and I and my brother and sister. And so every day when I would come home from school, I would run up to his house. I'd run in and pretty much like demand that he come outside and hit me ground balls, which he would always do. But every time I walked in, he would have a Cubs game on back when it was on WGN. He would have a Cubs game on and I was always like, pops, we're in Atlanta, dude. Like, we're Braves fans, and it was just something he loved baseball so much, and all he ever wanted me to be was doing what I'm doing now. So having won a championship in Atlanta for one of his favorite teams, we just felt that the Cubs, which were his second favorite team, that bringing a championship to this city was just what we have felt called to do. So to be able to play for two of my grandfather's two favorite teams – means literally like the world to me so dansby swanson there telling you how nice he's got an emotional connection with of course i found it interesting though so swanson is 28 years old and the wgn factor still playing a role now 
this has to be, he has to be one of the last people who actually was affected by the power of the quote-unquote superstation in right. WGN, right? Yeah. Because at his age, even though his grandfather, as you heard him tell it there, was watching, you know, probably because they were in Atlanta, kind of like back and forth between the other team that went across on cable stations, TBS, the Atlanta Braves, that he obviously was a Braves fan. But to hear him tell it that his grandfather also, just because he was such a big baseball fan, would also watch the Cubs because they had a lot of afternoon games. Interesting to see that that actually factored in a little bit to his decision, Yerk. I'm yeah. support, you know, and again, well, he, I mean, good for him. Like I, uh, like well, you said, anytime you came back from school and you jumped into the house back yes. by us because we're in Chicago, of course. I, I'd get back as a, a patrol boy, so I had to make sure everybody crossed the street well. Then mm-hmm. after that, I've got my valise under my arm, mm-hmm. and I'm running back two blocks home so I can get in and see what the Cubs are doing at two fifteen. That's the time I yes. get home. Third inning at that point, you know, Miss Leadoff Man, the whole ball of wax. Wow. And, and, and you know, Leadoff Man was a, like a 15 yes. minute segment yeah. before. One o'clock, yes. one o'clock to right into uh, so, the 121st you pitch. Know, you, you, you get a chance to get home and you get to watch it. And that was happening for me here. Yes. It was happening for him down in Atlanta. So good for him. York, you were a Pedrill boy? Yeah. What 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 uh, crossing, crossing guard right? Boy, yeah, crossing guard. Yeah, yeah. But isn't that for adults usually? I didn't know kids did it too. No, we did mm-hmm. it at St. Andrews. It was the kids that did it. Got usually on the corners, the junior made, high, right? All the four corners, everybody got it. You were seventh grade. If you were in seventh grade, you got a chance to be the patrol boy. They ran the uh, four corners over at St. Andrews. With we the, ran uh, the four guards. corners and we operated the doors with all the kids coming out of the doors. Oh, so the 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 more seasoned of a veteran you were. <laughs> You got to work the doors as opposed to having to go to the corners and work the corners. Yeah, that way, if you could avoid the cold weather days, potentially, you'd yeah. be man in the doors there. Well, absolutely. Um, Dan, Dansby Swanson shared what was discussed a little bit in his meetings with Jed Hoyer. It's a lot about understanding what the team was going to look like, uh, what the philosophy of the organization is, uh, the plans to win, how to win. You know, everyone, everyone wants to win. Every team, you know, has a philosophy to want to win, and, you know, everyone desires to win. Um, and a lot of teams, you can tell, just kind of say that. Um, but after having multiple conversations and, you know, a pretty long phone call with, with Carter, really got the gist of that, what it actually means to this organization and this city to win. Uh, and I felt that um, this is something I wanted to be a part of, something I wanted to help build. I felt like God gave me some unique leadership skills and just, you know, the ability to get the most out of other people. And, you know, it just felt like that that's something that they really valued uh, was that kind of input and that kind of direction. And it really just started to feel like, a, you know, a match made in heaven. So he's telling you he's going to be a leader for this team, which is good because obviously your highest paid player, a lot falls on their shoulders. He talked specifically about facing pressure playing here in Chicago. I mean, if you guys would have seen the pressure it was put on me to perform in my hometown over the last six years, uh, in a way, this is uh, just another, you know, kind of step in that challenge. It's I've never been one to back away from challenges. I always feel like you should just face them head on. Do the same thing with this. Uh, at the end of the day, the vision and the goal is to win. Winning is the priority. And when that is the vision and that's what you want to do, you make everything about winning. Um, so it's never about one guy. It's always about everybody. And so when you get everyone going in the same direction, None of the outside noise matters. Obviously, everyone knows that Chicago Cubs fans are like the best fans in baseball. They support their team. They love their team. They show up each and every day, no matter where the city is. Um, So to be able to perform for a town like that is pretty remarkable. Um, And, you know, I'm just I'm excited for for what's ahead. It's something that, um, 
you know, I walked down the field today and I just looked at my wife and said, like, this is where we're supposed to be. And just so excited for this unique journey ahead. Any initial reactions to hearing the Cubs' no, new shortstop? No, it, it's nice. Now you've got to go out and perform. Mm-hmm. You know, like like it all. Like, when you get together and you have the Cubs convention and everybody wants to talk the great game and wants to talk this and talk that, it's great. He wants to be a Cub. It wasn't he just about the money for him. Now he is a Cub. Good for him. Now he's here. Now you've got to perform. This is a team that went 12-3 and three in their last 15 to finish 74-88. and 88. Okay, so they got on a run. Just to be Done. crappy at the end. So well, yeah, I, t- it, I take all the improvements, Bellinger, the reclamation project that he is. Uh, somebody called the, the, the guy from New York, Tayon. Yeah, Jameson Tayon. So, somebody said he was an ace. Yeah, that's uh, He won 14, 14 games. Eight, and listen, that's the a- most for the Yankees last year, good for you. They went to the playoffs. The, the, the ace is not the word that yeah, I would go. The, the, the Red Baron was an ace. Okay, yes. He's an ace. Okay? Rick 14 Sutcliffe game an winners aren't aces. Ted Lilly went 15 and 15. Ted Lilly was not an ace. Okay? So let's not get crazy. Jameson, I agree. That was That's a loose definition of yeah. ace. Uh, and if Jameson so, tie-ins are ace, you're probably... So what happens? You get all these guys together. Now Now you go to spring training. You got to build some camaraderie. You got to build some energy. You got to find out the, you know, the compatibility of all the parties that are involved. And well, you've got to play for each other. You know, it, it's it's not just okay. We're playing, we're cashing our checks. Boom, boom, boom. Whatever happens, happens. You guys got to go about the business, having a passion for the game, but also a passion for each other. Mm-hmm. You've got to like each other. You got to be willing to play for each other. And the Cubs and Jed Hoyer sometimes make it tough. They make it tough because they are not willing to make commitments to their homegrown talent, which they've jettisoned all over Major League Baseball. A lot of. A lot was made of the shortstop class that Dansby Swanson's a part of as, a, as free agents. Right. Uh, he was pretty much universally regarded as the fourth of the four shortstops, the four big shortstops that were available in free agency, and thus why he did get the least amount because your other three shortstops all secured contracts in the you know double-digit year length and also well over $275 million. Each guy got at least 280 The other three that I'm talking about, of course, being Carlos Correa, who landed a $315 million deal over 12 years, not 350 for 13 which he initially agreed upon with the San Francisco Giants. After he is a Met. He is a Met today. He agreed to a 12-year, $315 million deal after the Giants decided, based on his physical, he, they did not want to proceed. And then late last night, or in the early morning hours, we found out that Scott Boris reached out to Steve Cohen, the Mets owner. And it was rumored that the Mets were in on discussions with Carlos Correa before the Giants agreed to the deal. And sure enough, when that deal fell through, the, the Mets were more than happy to swoop in and add Carlos Correa, not to play shortstop for them, Yerko, but actually to play third base because they also have a $300 million man manning shortstop for them in Francisco Lindor. So Carlos Correa, who was basically believed to be, along with Trey Turner, the best shortstop right, on the free agent right. market, he is now going to go to New York and play third base for the Mets with his countryman, Francisco Lindor. Now, New York lost pitching, right? The Mets have lost pitching this offseason? Well, they lost to Grom, but they went ahead and signed Justin Verlander. They had so Verlander they have, back. They've replaced, yes, they've replaced a Grom. Did Syndergaard go somewhere? They uh, Syndergaard was, yeah, but he's been gone for a year or ah, so now. okay, so, so I'm not worried he, about no, no, Syndergaard. No, no, no. Their rotation for the New York Mets is going to be Max Scherzer, 
Justin Verlander. They've still got Carlos uh, Carlos Carrasco um, in the rotation. They've also signed Jose Quintana to be the fifth in the rotation. And uh, Senga, uh, Kodak Senda, right? Uh, Senga, I'm sorry. Uh, Senga from Japan. They also landed him, who the Cubs were believed to be interested in as well. So the Mets, they're loaded, Yerk. And it is, they're loaded because... Their brand new billionaire owner, Steve Cohen, yeah. is not afraid to splash it around. I want to talk about that next, and I also want to explore how that could potentially affect both the Cubs and White Sox moving forward here on ESPN 1000. Working from home? We're back in the office. Don't miss a minute of Carmen and Yurko. Just ask your smart speaker to play ESPN 1000. <laughs> playing third base after agreeing to a 12-year, $315 million deal with the Mets early this morning. And it's interesting because, Yerk, the Mets' current payroll is set to be $384 million with a luxury tax payment that will exceed $111 million. And that money goes to Cincinnati... It'll go to Tampa Bay. Mm -hmm. It'll go to the Oakland Athletics. And they will use that money and they will put it directly in their pockets. And they won't do a damn thing with it. The Mets' total payroll projects to be $495 million. The previous high for payroll in baseball was less than $350 million. So the Mets right now are almost a half, are near a half a billion dollars for their payroll. With their brand new owner, Steve Cohen, who has come in and has immediately basically showed the world what is possible if you want to go ahead and be a professional sports owner, specifically in baseball here, where without a salary cap in place, the luxury tax was always used as a way for owners to have a salary cap without having a salary cap, right, Yerk? And Tony Clark took a lot of heat, and I think rightfully so, for leading the players' union into an agreement which created a yes. salary cap without actually having one, without a, a floor in place, right? Yeah. So He should have been criticized. And he was. However, Steve Cohen now, who wanted in, has was approved, got in, and now is going to put a huge amount of pressure on all the other owners across baseball Meh. to step it up. And listen... They don't have to. They're not obliged to do it. But it'll be interesting to see how some of the other owners react. Because the Mets, if this... I, I'm outside of the Sox. I'm rooting for the Mets. Because I'd like to see other owners step up and sure. be forced to pay. And you're seeing right now that they have plenty of money available. With all the new media rights that baseball has been dipping into specifically in regards to streaming all the cash all the influx that new own, that the uh, owners have at their disposal you're seeing there's plenty there for them to go out and spend on the big money players and so it doesn't have to be just about like i think moneyball did while while people in baseball wanted to push back on the idea and you know they fought it the old school people hated the idea of you know spending money prudently it's once it became mainstream, it gave it gave front offices cover 
to not have to go out and more specifically ownership cover, right. not to have to go out and splurge, right? Because they said, listen, these long-term contracts aren't necessarily um, the most the most you know financially prudent way to, to spend your money, right? Because you don't want to get stuck on the back end. Well, what what you see right there is Steve Cohen with the Mets is not necessarily concerned about the money on the back end. He wants to go out and give his team and his city an opportunity to win baseball games this year, next year, and the year after, and he'll worry about the rest down the road. And it'll be interesting to see how other teams react if the Mets actually have success. Well, I can tell you how the rest of the world is going to write. You know the White Sox were seventh in payroll last year? I do. Seventh in payroll. They made a commitment, and that team was supposed to respond. It didn't respond because it had sleepy Tony La Russa, uh, managing that team, that team would not respond, unfortunately, for him. Now they got Griffles in place, and we'll see what Griffles can do. Griffal, the, yes. Uh, the Cubs were 14th. The Cubs were 14th last year. I, I assume the Cubs would be a little bit higher. But you said w- the bottom teams. I, your top six are the Dodgers, the Mets, the Yankees, the Phillies, the Padres, the Red Sox. Then you go to White Sox, and you go to the other Los Angeles team. Then the Braves, who've already won one. And you'd had Houston that's won one, too, right? Correct. Okay, so there you go. Those are your top 10 teams. And those will be your top 10 teams that spend again this year, right? You're not going to get the St. Louis Cardinals trying to do anything crazy anymore, are you? No. no. They're going to try to win their division and see if they can't sneak a World Series out of winning the division and see what the H is going to go on. The bottom teams, like I had said, Oakland, the Pirates, the Orioles, Cleveland. And Cleveland's a playoff team. Tampa Bay, the Diamondbacks. Uh, all spending under a million do- uh, $100 million by far. The Marlins, the Royals, and the Mariners. And there you have the Cincinnati Reds. Where are they going to be? They're going to have their hands out, waiting for the windfall that's going to be coming for all the teams that want to spend more money. My No, no. And you're right. I don't expect the bottom half to really change their operating at all. But what I, I'll be intrigued to see, specifically the Cubs, I mean... The White Sox, I'll be honest, I don't have a whole lot of hope that they will all of a sudden, you know, be... Uh, but they've spent money. They've spent money, but they haven't, you know, they haven't gotten near the top. They haven't exceeded the luxury tax. They've spent... I've agreed, but they've spent, at least they've spent. Sure, but could they spend more, right? Sure, they've got, they've of got plenty they of holes, and when you look at what they've done, there's still a lot to be desired for the White Sox, especially when you consider they play in Chicago, right, Eric? I mean, that's... Yeah. And the Cubs, that... Here's my point. The when with Steve Cohen now ushering what I believe will be a new era because I do think teams like the Dodgers and the Phillies who we've already seen and the San Diego Padres and this is going to be based on ownership, right? It's not necessarily all going to be derived on what city you're from, but a, a, a city like the San Diego Padres don't necessarily have a big market that they play in, but they have an owner who is worth billions and more than willing, you know, and he's he's worth billions not Yerko just because of owning his baseball, baseball team. He's, he's made billions. But he's on made his own. billions. He's bought his team, and now he wants to go ahead and win, win, and that's important to him. So I'm curious to see if baseball turns into you both something that you you and I are both very familiar with, the Premier League. And when I say the Premier League, there are six football clubs in the Premier League that are known as the Big Six. They're the six teams that year after year after year will break records with transfer fees, buying the best players in the world. And I'm curious now that Steve Cohen has put forth this blueprint. If the Mets have success and teams like the Dodgers, who we know pay year after year. Now, I think the Dodgers have always fallen in line for the most part, Yerk, and they haven't, you know, crushed the luxury tax, right? They may have exceeded it, but they don't go, they don't 
exceed it by more than twenty, thirty right. million dollars. Yes. The Mets clearly, and Steve Cohen in particular, don't give a damn about what the extra money he's splurging on. Right. The luxury so, tax monies that are gonna go to the small market teams. Will baseball turn into a sport similar to the Premier League where only the top five or six teams year after year who are willing to break the bank are going to be the teams that you can count on to be in the playoff contention year after year. That's what I'm wondering, Yerk. Yeah, so we're looking at Arsenal, Manchester City, Tottenham, Manchester United, Liverpool, and Chelsea. Correct. Those, Those are your six. six teams Those are the big spend. six in it the It used to be Everton, uh, but no longer Everton. And the two teams that sit atop but, the, the, the league, too, now, Newcastle United at third. Yes. They're not a historical spender. But. And either is Brighton and Hove Albion. But, Yerk, Newcastle has new ownership within the last year, and they also have infused a large they made a amount of money. And all of a sudden, they are spending big, like those six other clubs. So I'm curious to see if we're going to see a different approach across baseball from some other teams. And, and it's listen, it's not going to happen overnight. It's going to take, you know, first of all, the Mets need to have success on the field. Otherwise, ownership will quickly say, go ahead, spend all that money. If the Mets don't make the playoffs next year, nobody's going to go out of their way to follow that model, right? But if the Mets do have success and if they have some prolonged success, I could very easily see the Dodgers and Yankees and Phillies continuing to follow suit because they want to keep up with the Joneses. That, I think, would be best-case scenario for other teams across the league in big markets. And then... The impetus would be on the Cubs, Yerk, to step up if you really want to be competitive. And we'll see what the Cubs do this year as far as where they were last year and how much money they're going to end up spending this year. We'll see where they're at. They've had some stuff come off the books, and they've added some stuff. They have. I don't. Are they net zero? Have they spent maybe $10 million more million than they did last year? You know, Do they still have to have contracts they're dealing with? Ian Happ, is he coming back? Does the arbitration? He's on you know, the roster. Yeah. yeah. Does he have a contract or the arbitration guy last year? He's got one year left um, where he is under the Cubs' control, so we'll see what they plan on doing. They have increased their total payroll as of right now, Yurko, um, by $7 million from last year. $10 million, I said, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, no, I'm saying I'm giving you the exact number. I appreciate the $7 million. So they made some subtractions. Correct. They've made some additions, And and here we are treading water. They haven't done anything. They haven't spent a dime yet. $7 $7 million. More than last year. Yeah. Minuscule. It is. They haven't done anything. But they've brought in Dansby Swanson. You've treaded water. That's what you've done. You've treaded water. And you're not, you, Yerko, are not overly impressed with the way they closed out the year, despite the fact that they won 12 of their last 15 well, yeah. games. You go 12 and 3, that's fantastic. Go ahead. You're, you're winning games in September, which are junk games. Yes, it's fair. And it, They're if, junk games. The games you not, need to win is to put yourself in contention. You need to win in April and May. Then you can muddle along, muddle along for a while, but then in August and September you've got to win the games. When you're when you're in the lead, when you're in first place, when you're in second place, when you're in last place and you're winning games, even though three of them were against Washington, mm-hmm. three of them well, were against the Washington. Washington National, was not, not good Washington, last year. Philadelphia Phillies. Philly, yes, yes. I apologize, the Philadelphia Phillies. When you win those games against the Philadelphia Phillies, those are nice victories for mm-hmm. yourselves. But winning games against Cincinnati, winning games against Pittsburgh. Winning games against uh, whoever else was on that schedule at the end. Miami Marlins. Not impressive. I'm sorry. So I'll give you a bigger sample size. I know they finished the final 70 games, essentially the second half of the season. They went 39 and 31. So they were eight games over 500. But now if you want to drill down, you know, nine of those wins 
They were at the end of the year. Came at the very end of the year. The difference so came at the end of the year. Last played, two weeks of the season, they came at the end of the year. They played 500 ball until September rolled around, and then they went on a little bit of a hot streak for those last 70 games. Yes, there needs to be carryover this season, and it would be good yeah. for them to start out the year in you know winning oh. some baseball games to convince their fan base that they're in, actually in the spring. Back. Everyone has hope. Come the end of March when they start the baseball season, everyone has hope. Sure. So if you're a Cubs fan this That's... year with the moves that have been made, you have hope until your team crushes your dreams and your hopes. <laughs> That's... And the Chicago Cubs last year crushed hopes and dreams very early. Mm-hmm. Didn't take long no, for yeah. Cub fans' dreams to get crushed. The White Sox took a long time. It was a long, painful death if you're a White Sox fan. Watching them play and watching them crush your dreams and hopes. That took all year. Yes. It was agonizing. But at some point, you knew that this team didn't just have... They weren't just going to turn it on like you do a faucet. It didn't just go on and off. They didn't have it. They were somewhat dysfunctional. I'm trying to they remember... They play for each other, from what I hear. Uh, I'm know. trying to remember when I made peace with the fact that... I think it was around, like, early August. Late July, early August. When football started. Yeah, probably. You were happy right to around move August on. Yes. when training camp rolled around. Right. I was like, all right, I finally well, got we another got distraction. Here. I had made my peace with the fact that I, I didn't believe the White Sox were yeah. going to go back to the playoffs. And Liam Hendricks is on the ball. And they pulled us back in for a little bit, ever so briefly, after they went on a short little run. I can't remember. I'd have to look at the schedule to find the exact date, but I could. They pulled me back in ever so briefly. Yeah. You know, to try and say, okay, we're going to make September. You're going to have to give us your time just ever so slightly. You, you, followed the even bait, though, you followed the bait, but you never bit. Yes, even though I knew if they got to the playoffs, it was it, it was likely to be a disaster anyway. And fortunately, they, um, they actually did, I think, give us our September back when they, they finally, uh, you know, the Guardians came uh, in and they were like, yeah. all right, well, you can have it. We, we got nothing left. Yeah. Uh, Ronnie. They gave you the last week of your baseball season and said, go ahead, do what you want to do. You don't have to pay us any more attention. I'm Jeff Meller in for Carmen DeFalco. This is Carmen and Yurko on ESPN 1000. This is Carmen and Yurko on ESPN 1000. See what we're up to. See them on Twitch at ESPN 1000 Chicago. You're staying warm here on the Wednesday before Christmas. I'm Jeff Meller in for Carmen DeFelco on Carmen and Yurko. We're discussing the Mets swooping in and adding Carlos Correa to their all-star roster. He will play third base next to Francisco Lindor. We found that out uh, as in the early morning, apparently, uh, Scott Boris yeah, reached well, out to Steve well, Cohen and said, hey. The Giants aren't going to pay, so... Uh, Not the Giants are going to pay. The Giants failed him on his physical. What happened? His back was hurt. What? Yeah, he was, uh, he's was. he been dealing with... Uh, now, I haven't seen specifically if it was the back, but I know he has had back issues previously, and he spent uh, time on injured on the injured list a few times throughout his career. Right. And the back has been the problem. I, I would imagine if there's anything you're looking at for a baseball player... That could be prohibitive. It would yeah, be a back injury. That would be a problem. Yeah, especially when you're talking about a 13-year deal. You're, you know, you might be okay saying, "Hey, you know what? It's two or three years. We can, you know, we think long term he'll, right. he'll he'll make it through that." But when you're talking about a 13-year deal, uh, I think teams get a little bit more proactive about poking and prodding. Right, you can put up with seven years. Yeah, well, even that. You're right. Like that, you get four Swanson. productive years, a couple, a World Series. 
before you hit problem. your late 30s. Yeah, well, all right. of a sudden, a back issue in your late 30s, and you're still uh, paying a guy 35 plus mil a year with five years at, at, tacked on after that, not great. So let's try Andrew, who's an Elgin, wants to talk about his excitement for the Cubs right now. What's going on, Andrew? Hey, guys. Happy holidays. I just wanted to wish you guys a Merry Christmas. You as well, Andrew. Merry Christmas, Andrew. Yeah, Yurik, you know, I love you, man. I think you're the greatest. I hope you play some Texas home and over the, over the break. Oh, I got shellacked on Monday. Oh, sorry to hear that, man. That's all keep, right. Uh, it happens. Uh, keep rolling. Yep. Yeah, I just wanted to comment how excited I am actually for both teams. Seems like both teams are relatively young, got some talent. I kind of tread more towards the Cubs right now because, like, I like what they're doing. I think they're a couple more pieces away, mainly a stud pitcher, maybe a big bopper. But like uh, Swanson said in the interview, I, I'm really impressed by a player having an introduction interview towards the new city. And I uh, thought the guy had a lot of unbelievably great things to say, unlike other players that sign with our city. Um, and then I also just wanted to say that um, regarding, uh, you know, how great I think the season's going to be for the fan base next year, I just think it's really exciting. And uh, m- Merry Christmas, guys. All right, Merry Christmas. Happy holidays, Andrew. Have and, a- yeah, I'm sure people are excited. Yeah. Listen, it's uh, December 21st today, and so, you know, there's not a whole lot going on for baseball for quite some time, but when you have – your brand new signing, you know, the all-star shortstop, the best defensive shortstop in baseball in a lot of people's minds. It's a good day. And but to Yurko's point, they're still, you know, they need to prove it on the field. And I still think it's not like they can't add plenty of more talented players to their roster if you want to be a true playoff contender. So, you know, good day. Good to hear Dansby Swanson, yeah. you know, put together a sentence. And, and he wants to be here. Yeah, and so there's nothing wrong with that. But I still do think there's quite a bit of work to do for the Cubs before you can say they're actually playoff contenders. But we'll see when they actually get out on the field of play. Uh, it is uh, an opportunity for us also to check in with Pauly Cheesecake. Yerk, Pauly, I believe you have some picks ready to go, right? Wait a minute, is that Paul, the plan? How'd you do last week, Pauly? Two and one. Nice there you job. Go. Winner, winner, winner. And listen, I'm happy about my Cubs as well. You know that. Of course I do. Yes, yes. Who do you like yeah. this uh, week, Paulie, during the holidays? I'm paying your Browns over the Saints. Okay, what's the number we got on that? Uh, Browns are favored by three. Okay. I'm paying the Dolphins over the Packers. Dolphins over the Packers. Is that one five and a half, yes. Paulie? Yes, it is. All right. And I'm paying the the Commanders to lose to the Niners. Uh, 49ers over the Commanders. Yes. All right, now I'm trying to find so, the number on that I will that say, one. right now, the Dolphins, you, I, get, I got a little bonus for you, Paulie. The Dolphins, actually, that number is only four. So right it's now, four. it's four. So the well, Dolphins is, minus you know, four, I, so you I, get a point do, and a half there. I do remember four. I do remember there you go. four. So now. Dolphins, four. And the Frisco number, yeah. seven and a half? That, yeah. uh, I, right now, and actually, if you look around, I can see it at uh, seven. So it might be important to shop around and get that extra hook what, there what, because what, that's what, a key number. Right. What are we giving Paul? That's what we want to well, know. Right now, the latest seven. I have is minus seven. seven. So I think, yeah, 49ers seven. minus seven. Well, of course Paul wants seven. No, but that's what I got right here on the uh, the daily lines here. So right. we can go ahead and give him minus seven. All right, All right Paulie. Merry Christmas, yeah. Paulie. Merry Christmas, guys. Hey, Paulie, what, what do you got planned for the holiday, buddy? Um, I'm going to my brother's house for dinner. I'm going to mass that night. So there is, you go. Is he at Nantucket? Where is he at? No, he's in Frenchtown. It's about 20 minutes away from where I live. Naturally. Frenchtown, of course. Paulie, what, uh, yeah. what cheesecake are you bringing to the uh, holiday dinner with your brother there? Uh, I might be bringing a turtle. 
A turtle. Okay, the turtle. That's, oh, yeah. that's a good Christmas love cheesecake. Love it. All right. love yeah. the turtle. All right, Paulie, enjoy the holidays. Uh, all right. Merry Christmas, guys. Merry right. Christmas. Okay. I thought okay. Paulie okay. was going to say go. snapping turtle. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Probably there is snapping there a snapping turtle, turtle cheesecake. No. Probably not. Uh, turtle cheesecake, snapping turtle. I'm just killing myself. I'm sorry. Um, Yurko, it's that time of year. It's what not time is you it? for, It's the time where Marilyn gets to tell you happy holidays. Marilyn, excited about it. You're on ESPN 1000. Jeff Miller oh, for Carmen Falco. Marilyn, I'm going to get out of your way and let you say all oh. the kind words you want to say to our our good friend Johnny Jeff, the Good Kid. I love you. I miss you. I haven't seen you in ages. Okay, are we ready? Uh, what happened? Nothing. We're sitting here oh. waiting for you to say something. No, I'm, I thought it went dead for a second. I oh, no, no. Up. We're here, Marilyn. The okay, floor is anyway, yours. Merry Christmas. Happy New Year. Um, best wishes to everybody at the station, but especially the two of you, Carmen and Yurko and Jeff. Thank oh, you. wonderful. Thank and, you. Yes. Merry and Christmas and happy holidays to you. you. I just got through wrapping the last present. Sorry. Wonderful. I'm tired now. <laughs> well, you'll figure it out. Some well, multivitamins in you. I was wrapping booze. <laughs> Nothing wrong with that. Wrapping booze is always fun. Remember the one I brought you a couple of years oh, ago? Oh, delicious. Was, yes. it, was it a dessert I, wine there, Marilyn, or would we have a port? It what is have? Uh, the core. It's called know. Carolyn's, and my brother buys it at Benny's. Yeah. Okay. Delicious. Yes. Yes, 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 yes. By the way, uh, did you hear my car took a dive? It's, it's going to the graveyard. Oh, no. Who's that, your dog? Her car. My, no. Her car. My dog already died. Oh, car. No, my car. It's 23 years old. Hugo, I cried when I had to take everything out. 23 years. With the car? Yes. That's a long time. It's a long relationship. Was, what was the name? Was it a Buick Rivero? I mean, what'd you have there? Rivera? No, she, we didn't see my car. It was no, a Chevy Monte Carlo. Monte oh, Carlo, Monte Chevy. Car- right. SS and SS? Hey, uh, yeah. She has two door. But it's uh, it's history. I bought it to the mechanic. It is in Maryland. Called back about an hour later after he looked through it. He says, I hate to tell you, I think it's the end of the can, world. Can somebody pay, play taps for us in the background? Is there <laughs> a chance for you to taps up? Well, so we can give the car its official goodbye? Well, you know, I don't know. I don't know. If I can't. Says, Listen, you being a travel agent, I can't believe Carmen went to Mexico didn't use you as a travel agent. Yeah, I can't believe it either. He's going to get an earful I'm when shocked. he comes I, I am shocked. I am absolutely stunned. I can't let you know how many times you informed us that you were a travel agent. What You've told us that. For now. all the travel, for all the everything we wanted to do, you said make sure to call you. Here's Carmen going to Mexico with the family. Well, you know what he's spending on this thing. You'd like to wet your beak on this I thing think, a little bit. I've booked that area many times. We do yeah. a lot of Mexico. Yeah, Mail and you know what's going to happen, Karma. It's going to serve him well because he's going to be stuck out he's there. Stuck it doesn't Mexico. look like he's going to be able to get back in time for the Christmas right. holiday because well, he's obviously going to have to deal with some how much, uh, how many days he's supposed to be there for? Because they're going to probably charge him more. Mm. Oh See? yeah. Bad they karma. Oh, they're going to whack him. That's what happens when you don't use Maryland's travel services. He deserves it. That is, no, Tripmaster Travel, that's the name of it. Um, no, uh, that's why you use a travel agent. Because you know what I do for my customers? I insist, if you leave the country, mm-hmm. and if you are a senior or if you have kids with you, you need to buy the travel insurance. That's right. 
I use ALG vacations. Remember when the uh, supervisor came to the draft and she brought you can't a... Uh, I do. No, I can't remember that at all. Yeah, that was a draft. She was, she was my rep. Okay. Yeah, and uh, she gave you a free trip to somewhere, I think. I never went anywhere. Hmm. Not you. It was you know, for the raffle. Or oh, okay, okay. Oh, I got you. So, we apologize, Mary. Yeah. There's, there's a lot of fantasy football drafts, so sometimes well, they run I, together. I've I apologize. I've been doing this long time. I know what I'm doing. I no, know no doubt people. about it. I mean, I'm pretty, I'm pretty loyal to my customers. We try to get them the best price. Well, let, we're gonna. You don't. You know what, Marilyn? We're gonna let Carmen know when he gets back that he missed right. out, and he obviously should be a customer right. of yours. But in the meantime, we're Marilyn, we're stunned. Want to wish you a merry Christmas, happy holidays, yeah. and uh, we'll talk to you in the new year, okay, Marilyn? Yeah, and Feliz Cumpleanos, okay? Uh, Bonito, thank you. I appreciate it. That was uh, very nice. I no had to hold on for over an hour. That's okay. It was worth it. It absolutely right. was, Marilyn. Think about the death of your car there. That's uh, fine. All right, Marilyn, go have a cigarette. We will uh, come back next, and we're going to talk uh, a little bit about the Bulls, Yerko. We've avoided it for long enough. Yes, we have. Lonzo Ball. He get, he uh, was he was actually available yesterday to speak and uh, gave us a little bit of update on what his potential timetable could be when it comes to returning to the Bulls. We'll let you hear what he had to say next on ESPN One Thousand. Zoning out on that Zoom meeting? Zoom, 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 Zoom. Find out what Carmen and Yurko were talking about. Tell your smart speaker to play ESPN One Thousand. the reports of some infighting going on that inspired the Bulls to a victory last night against the Miami Heat, 113-103 in Miami, or if it was just the fact that the Heat are depleted and not playing great basketball like they were last year this season uh, without Jimmy Butler as well. It made it a little bit easier, but Vooch came to play last night and the Bulls got themselves a 10-point victory despite the fact that Shams Sharania and Darnell Mayberry had the report in The Athletic about DeMar DeRozan and Zach Levine getting into it, having a uh, halftime kerfuffle earlier on uh, Sunday after they got beaten down by the T-Wolves. We talked a lot about that in Crosstalk yesterday with Waddle and Sylvie Yerk. Well, one of the reasons the Bulls have struggled this season is no doubt because they've been missing Lonzo Ball, who they brought in last season and were very happy with the results until, of course, he suffered the knee injury that now has had him on a hiatus now. and For the better part of a year. Yes. Uh, I think we're approaching the year in January, right? Um, and yes. so it's been pr- uh, clearly problematic at this point. And the real issue is we don't really have clarity as to when Lonzo Ball might return because he's been dealing with pain. So earlier today, Lonzo Ball was actually available at a charity outing, and he was asked specifically, okay, so what's the deal? Are you still rehabbing? Are you getting closer to returning anytime soon? Still rehabbing. Like I said, it's been a crazy journey, crazy crazy um, therapy. You know, everything is just trying to get back on the court, and um, unfortunately I'm not there yet, but we're still working every day. Do you, do you have an idea that you might be getting closer? Like, do you have a sense of where you're at, or is it just kind of still? Just day by day. I'm trying to remain positive and just keep getting better. You know, even if it's a it's an inch better every day. You know, just try not to move backwards. 
So very vague there. A little more about where he's at in his current rehabil- rehabilitation. Yeah, finally got to touch the ball. I mean, felt like I hadn't played in so long. Uh, you know, the shot's not going nowhere, so now it's just about getting the legs right. If you could say, like, where are you at in that, in the, in the leg process? Uh, I can't give you a specific, you know, time yeah. where I'll be back. I'm still a ways out, unfortunately. But like I said, I am touching the ball now. Finally, I'm on the court doing some things. So it's things I haven't done this year yet. So. So there you go, Yerka. That does not sound. I mean, he's in a positive mindset, but when he says yeah. there's still no timetable and he's still a ways away, that That's is no not good. encouraging for the yeah. Bulls right now, who are 12 and 18 after yesterday's win over Miami. It's not good. And even with Lonzo Ball, they may not be as good, as you know, they, as they were last well, year when they played that early schedule up in January. Remember, they still had difficulty beating mm-hmm. good teams. Yes. Even with Lonzo Ball there, they had difficulty beating good teams. They were the number one seed in the East at one point. Yeah, for about 50 games into the season last right. year. Right. They were number one team in the East, and they ended up slipping down to being the sixth team in the East. Yep. They played the first uh, playoff series and lost. Against the Bucks, The Milwaukee yes. Bucks. yes. But they did win a game. They, they did win a they game, did. and that was a debate during the uh, playoff series. Will they win a game, or will they be swept? They did win one game, so we've got that going. Yeah, on. that was a great moral victory yeah. the Bulls but can I don't cling think, to. I don't think you're going to have ball back here for uh, any part of maybe uh, middle I, of March, maybe beginning of April. That's I was the gonna way say, that sounds. I was going to say, listening to him, if he returns at any point this season and gets to play some meaningful minutes, I think that in itself, based on what we're hearing right there, would be the only encouraging thing I would need to see at this point because it doesn't really sound like he's going to be able to come back and make an impact anytime soon. And so the Bulls are going to have to find answers to what has been a wayward season without him. They're, again, six games under five hundred, and the problem is, of course, has been well-documented. They don't have their first-round pick. That's traded away unless, of course, they land in the top four, which, you know, you're just playing the lottery odds at that point, and good luck to you if you do that. But the team was constructed and brought back. We heard the... Continuity buzzword from AK in the offseason. They thought they'd be better if they could just get this team together for another season. They might play better, but the truth is what we're seeing with this roster, I don't believe that even if they had Lonzo Ball on the team this year, I don't think they're good enough to get to the heights they were at last year when they were that one seed. I think they're now at a point in the Eastern Conference where they're lucky if they can hit the play-in game. You know, that's the reality. I I think it settled for them where it was supposed to settle last year, where they ended up finishing. Yes. And if you look at the way they finished toward the end of last year, and then you realistically look without ball coming back, and that you're getting a full sled of the schedule at you, I I believe my NBA NBA predictions had them at 40 and 42 or 41 and 41. Now they're under that. Yeah, they're over under total last year. Right. They're not even trending to that right now. It's not even remotely close. So, and even at that, uh, in one of the uh, conferences, if you're under 500, you still got a legitimate shot at making the playoffs. In the Eastern Conference, I believe that you might be on the outside looking in the closer you get to 500. I believe Waddle and Sylvie had a chance to catch up with Sham Sharania earlier today. So, there, he's the one who uh, authored the article along with Darnell Mayberry in The Athletic about the problems inside the locker room between Zach Levine, DeMar DeRozan, and some other Bulls players. I got news for you. Yes. When teams aren't winning, most teams have these kind of problems. No, no, you're right, Merkin. It it is. It's it's always a convenient excuse. And you heard 
Billy Donovan um, say, hey, listen, uh, this is, you know, this is good for the team. If they didn't want to win, we wouldn't be having these confrontations in the locker room. So he, you know, he, you know, he said what you expect a coach to say. But I think you're right, Mark. The reality is that when you have expectations to be a better team than you are right now, and there's not really a path forward to being better unless you play better as a team. Yeah, players who are going to be upset and there's going to be, you know, issues inside the locker room. That's just par for the, the issues course with are losing always, teams. But the, the issue is always going to be about effort. If the, if the effort's not being given. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you're busting your chops and you're working your tail off and the results aren't there, then nobody can complain about the effort not being there or the hard work not being there. Yeah. It, when that's not there, that's when it becomes a problem. When there's a lack of effort, the lack of effort will always be noted. And is why aren't you trying? And if that's the issue, that's the problem. And that bothers the locker room more than it would bother anything. Especially if there's belief amongst the team that your highest paid player who just secured a long-term contract isn't always giving his best effort. That no doubt would lead to some consternation in the locker room. I'm Jeff Meller in for Carmen DeFalco. This is Carmen and Yurko. Of course, we always conclude the day with the final word, and we will cross-talk with Waddle and Sylvie shortly as well. Yurko today has our final word. Carmen and Yurko present today's final word. Because you had to be a big shot, didn't you? You had to open up your mouth. Today's final word. On Carmen and Yurko. Extra blankets in the vehicles. Make sure you got a, a one-gallon gas can in there just in case. Case of emergencies. Yeah, sure. Some provisions, crackers and such. Yeah. Summer Some water, sausage. Bottled water. Not bottled a bad water. Idea. Well, listen, you get, stuck, you get stuck in a drift or something. You know how they got it in a, the, just a little thing? It's Salt in plastic. You can keep it forever, and boom, you put a little that on the cracker with some cheese, and now you got substance. 